God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so glad that you're with us. Today, Philip and I are going to talk about overcoming and the things that you have to overcome and how to overcome. Because if you have asked Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord, He's the overcomer. He lives inside of you so you can overcome. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so glad that you're with us. Before we get started, we want to invite you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and be sure to subscribe if you haven't already done so to our email lists. We have various ones that you can choose from if you want to hear from us about our podcasts and events that we're having, book sales, that kind of thing. And or if you want to hear more from us that that our, our writings and the things that we put out about uh, about Israel and how to pray for Israel. And if you're an intercessor, there's different lists that you can choose what appeals to you. We just want to stay in touch. And if you want to be in touch with us, send us an email at feedback at globaloutpouring.org. We'd love to hear from you. And especially if you have any thoughts or things that you want us to minister on, or if you have a prayer request, let us know. We would love to hear what the Lord is doing in your life, especially if this podcast is making a difference for you. And if you have something that you want us to minister on, let us know. And if you want to help us stay in this podcasting network, there's a place to make a donation. So today we are talking about overcoming. It's a critical issue. And the Lord wants us to understand the importance of overcoming because it's the overcomers that are going to get the rewards. It's the overcomers that are helped by the Lord. So our first scripture on that subject is 1 John 5. And Philip, would you read it for us? Verses 4, sorry, verses 1 through 5 in the Passion. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah is God's spiritual child and has been fathered by God himself. And everyone who loves Father God loves his children as well. This is how we can be sure that we love the children of God by having a passionate love for God and by obedience to His commands. True love for God means obeying His commands, and His commands don't weigh us down as heavy burdens. You see, every child of God overcomes the world, for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who are the world conquerors defeating its power? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Amen. I like the way the the message, I like the way the message Bible puts it also. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the son of God. Amen. Have you ever thought about being a world conqueror? (laughs) You know, you, I remember growing up watching the cartoons and, you know, there's the, the bad guy is always trying to conquer the world. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, if you look around, if you look kind of behind the curtains, you'll see that there are bad people that are trying to conquer the world. But look here, we are called to be world conquerors. Yes. And God wants to use us 
as intercessors and declarers of his word, declaring his word in, in our intercessions, declaring his prophetic words, and and that will make a difference and mm-hmm. bring down these powers to their knees. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the word overcome is the Greek word nikao. I'm not a Greek scholar, so I, mm-hmm. I can't tell you that that's exactly the way you say it. But it's Strong's number 3528 in the Greek. And the definitions are to subdue, literally or figuratively, to conquer, overcome, prevail, get the victory. And then there's another, another definition is to carry off the victory, come off victorious. So it's about being victorious. It's about mm-hmm. having the victory. It's about having won the war. Yes. Winning the war, winning, winning the battle. And there's so many different ways that we could go to talk about that and putting on the whole armor of God and those kind of things. They're very, very important. So John 16, 33 talks about uh, Jesus overcoming the world. And the Hebrew names version says, I have told you these things that in me you may have shalom. shalom. Yeah. You know, all the English peace. ones say peace. And that's and we, re- we relate to peace, but shalom is more than peace. Shalom is nothing broken and nothing missing. It mm. is peace, but it's it's so much more. It's about it's about having success. It's about prospering. So Jesus said, "I've told you these things that in me, you may have shalom." We're mm-hmm. in Him. Yeah, we've invited Him to live in us, and we are in Him as well. In the world, you have oppression, but cheer up, mm. I have overcome the world. Yes, you know He's promising us tribulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the great tribulation, but he's promising that we're going to have tough times. He's he's letting us know ahead of time this is not an easy thing that we're mm-hmm. that we're involved in. Yeah. Don't quit. Don't give up. You got to keep going. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think of overcomers, what was the first thing that came to your mind, Philip, when we when we started talking about being overcomers? I think of the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Yeah. You know, because of the promises. And you look at what, they, what they're going through, what they're going to go through. You know, the, it says the, the angel or the messenger. It's a powerful word, but there's a promise in everyone. Let's just look at these churches one by one briefly. The church of Ephesus, what did they have to overcome? Well, they left their first love. They, had, they did a whole bunch of good things right. But they left their first love. So that's what they had to overcome. So when they overcame, what does it say? To him that overcomes, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Well, that's beautiful. And we've been to Ephesus. Yeah. And it's just an amazing thing. The idolatry was just, uh, and and the, the Turks that are in control, they, uh, they pretty well destroyed everything or tipped it over anything that had to do with idols. Mm-hmm. And so for tourists, tourism, they set everything all up again. But there was like idolatry on every every corner. Every it was street so corner. so bad. Horrific. You know, great, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Yeah, that's what and they we said. Had a great, we had a much better understanding. And even going into the amphitheater where it all happened. You know, where the they theater, were good, yeah. Where Paul said, let me go in and talk. And they wouldn't let him go in and... And for two hours, the people cried out, great is Diana the Ephesians. Yeah. So to, to actually be in that amphitheater gave a whole different perspective of everything. Yeah. Because most of these seven churches are, are in Turkey today. It's true. So then the church of Smyrna, they had to overcome persecution. 
and be faithful all the way to martyrdom. That's pretty strong. Yeah. They were, they were under severe persecution. But what, what does it say to them? What does the Lord say? He that overcomes shall not be hurt. He, he shall not be hurt by the second death. Yeah, and that second death is the, the judgment seat of Christ where everyone will stand before him and the books will be opened. Mm-hmm. And that will be who determines who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. Right. So then the Church of Pergamos. Now, we've been to Pergamos, too. Yeah. That's and, a crazy place. And that's where the, the Pergamon altar, mm-hmm. which Hitler took and took to, um, took to Berlin. Mm-hmm. And it was there for a while because he was always looking at looking for spiritual stuff. And, and if you might occultic. remember, occultic. And even if you remember the um, Indiana Jones in the first episode of that, in the first movie that he made, they were looking for the for the Ark, that the Nazis mm-hmm. were looking for the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. You know, there's always... They really were. They were looking for that kind of stuff. Wow. It, it's not just a movie theme. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but the Church of Pergamos, uh, Pergamos is built on top of a very formidable-looking mountain. Yeah. It's almost straight up. It's scary. I mean, there's nothing OSHA approved in this place. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, the, the steps are narrow, and you can look down the side of the mountain you know, from the amphitheater, one false slip, and mm-hmm. and you're gone. Yeah, if you, you know. would if you would tumble walking down the steps in the theater itself, uh, if if you didn't get stopped at the stage, you would keep going. You would keep going thought, down. Who on, who on earth would build mountain. an amphitheater here? But it's the only place they had to build it. Yeah, but it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, and and it it reminds me of kind of like the the mountain in. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, where they're trying to go and and drop the ring in at the at the end and the last movie, and it's it's a it's it's got that formidable feeling about mm-hmm. it that this is a really dangerous, really evil place. Yeah. So here's what they had to deal with: um, they had to repent and deal with compromise regarding sexual immorality and paganism. Now, Rick Renner wrote an article, and. I found it uh, on Renner.org, and there's an article that says, who were the Nicolaitans and what was their doctrine and deeds? So I'm just going to quote just a few lines from it. What was their damnable doctrine? What deeds were they committing that elicited such such a strong reaction from Jesus? Um, That word hate, it says he hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And that word hate... It, from the Greek, means to hate, abhor, to find utterly repulsive. It describes a person who has a deep-seated animosity, who is antagonistic to something he finds to be completely objectionable. He not, he not only loathes that object, but rejects it entirely. This is not a case of dislike. It's a case of actual hatred. Mm-hmm. He goes on to explain that Nicholas of Antioch, was one of the men that was that were chosen as deacons in Acts chapter 6 verse 5 and he he goes on and talks about all of all of the ones that were chosen and how they were really good guys and apparently this one was too but he was a proselyte and a proselyte is someone who has converted to Judaism but they're not a Jew they 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 weren't born a Jew uh-huh. but they have accepted the worship of the one true God and, and accepted, you know, the, the Old Testament and, and, and all that. And, and then he, he came to know Yeshua. So he, he moved right into the right way. 
but he came from paganism. And apparently, according to the writings of some of the early church fathers, the early church leaders, um, Nicholas taught a doctrine of compromise. And I'm quoting again from this article, implying that total separation between Christianity and the practice of occult paganism was not essential. Oh, my. From early church records, it seems that this Nicholas of Antioch was so immersed in occultism, Judaism, and Christianity that he had a stomach for all of it. He had no problem intermingling these belief systems in various concoctions and saw no reason why believers couldn't continue to fellowship with those still immersed in the black magic of the Roman Empire and its countless mystery cults. So this doctrine of the Nicolaitans was this, it's all about compromise and compromising with the world and how that, it, it lowers God's standards to indulge in sin. So this is going to bring about the defeat of believers. And interestingly, the name Nicholas literally means one who conquers and subdues the people. So he was being used by the devil to conquer and subdue people by by making it okay mm. to compromise with the world and and let the world into the church basically oh, and wow. what is that it, that just looks like our western church yeah you know we in, instead of holding up the godly standard we decided that it's it's loving to just embrace people the way they are which is true but there is there also comes a time when you have to move forward into righteousness mm-hmm. and let go of your worldly ways it, it, it's something that needs to come by the holy spirit yeah. but um to accept this and to teach this in the church is is destructive you know sometimes right when you when you get saved you know there's things that the lord delivers you of right away and mm-hmm. all that and some things just take longer yeah that's true you know it depends on how willing we are to let go of things. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> and so becoming an overcomer has to do with letting go of our agenda mm-hmm. and taking on the agenda of the Lord. Yeah. Because when we're doing our agenda, we're just doing the world thing. Because mm-hmm. that's how we're wired. We are wired to compromise in our, I mean, in our fallen state. Yeah. I, let me say that again. It's because we have this inclination because of our fallen state. We have an inclination to follow the ways of the world and to compromise with the world. But God really wired us to be overcomers by working with him, by submitting to him, by letting him do his thing in us and cleansing us and setting us free from all of those things. So the next church is the church of Thyatira. Well, they had to overcome Jezebel. Ooh. Not not the Old Testament Jezebel, but there was another Jezebel <laughs> in the same, their time. Same spirit. Same spirit. Evil. And she had a doctrine of encouraging fornication. It's okay to sleep around. It's okay to... to um, to not get married, just live together. Well, try it out. See if see if that works. Wow. Uh, and and idolatry, eating things that were offered to idols. It's compromise. Mm-hmm. So, what does uh, Revelation two twenty five to twenty eight say uh, to the church of Thyatira? But that which you have, hold fast till I come. This is Jesus talking. Mm-hmm. And he that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end. 
To him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. So there's there's great promises for those who overcome the spirit of compromise. Mm-hmm. And just you it's just got to be willing to turn your back on it and say, no, I'm not going there. This doesn't agree with the word of God. I'm not going there even if you lose some friends over it. But if you set the standard, yeah. if you have the plumb line in your heart and you set the standard and you set it lovingly, mm-hmm. then it gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity to bring conviction, mm-hmm. especially if we pray. Yeah, We pray for our friends who want to go and do the compromising things. And as we pray, the Holy Spirit can bring conviction of sin. There's a big difference between the the conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit and the shame and the judgment that that comes from uh, the accuser of the brethren. So, you know, once the accuser pushes you into doing something you shouldn't do, then he slimes you with shame. Yeah. But but God draws you back and helps you to realize, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry and brings you back to him. That's the difference, and that's the overcoming. In First Peter chapter 1, verse 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Hallelujah. That's quite a profound scripture. Yeah, something to hang on to. Yeah. So that you have the assurance that you can overcome. You can overcome the world. You can overcome the flesh. Mm-hmm. So the church of Sardis had to overcome deadness and dying. They had a, a reputation for being alive, but, but God, Jesus said, you're dead. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and then he said, keep watch. Stay awake. Stay alert, as opposed to dying. Just rescue that which, is, that which hasn't died yet. <laughs> it looks like you're dead, but there's still some dying stuff that, that can be rescued. He that overcomes... The same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, deadness, especially in the Western church. Yeah. Um, we, we've got to overcome. Yeah. We have to get the fire back. Fire, yeah. And that comes from intimacy with the Lord yeah. and prayer and coming to know the word, study the word, put it inside of you. I'll hide God's word in my heart so that I might not sin against him. And that's what happens in a move of God or a revival when the power of God falls and the people are just just filled with the glory of God. It just takes all the world stuff out at that moment. Right. I mean, and if you can just keep that moment, you know, that fire of God in your life and, and speaking that over yourself and walking in that, you know, you will find all the other stuff will just fall off. Just praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. And yes. If you find sometime you're, you know, you're, you're depressed or this or that, just start praying in tongues. Yes. You know, we're learning this more and more. It's true. Wow. It's true. It helps you to overcome. It helps you overcome. Getting yeah. in, in touch with the Holy Spirit helps you overcome. So the Church of Philadelphia, they were the ones that God didn't have anything against them. Yeah. And it's interesting to me, uh, I, I went on a seven churches tour once with Sister Gwen, and we, we went to all the cities where these 
churches were. And it's fascinating to me that the 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 city that had the best connection to the original church was Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You can like every one of them you would have to kind of go out of town to go to the ruins. <sighs> Uh, but in the Church of Philadelphia, it was just right there in the midst of the city. Wow. And you could go and see the ruins of, of what ancient Philadelphia was. Fascinating. Fascinating. So, but but the Lord prompted them to hold on to what they had. Mm-hmm. You got to hold on and guard, your, guard, guard their crown from being taken. So you got to hold fast, hold on, hold tight, hold firmly, cling to, persevere. But what he promises to them. Oh. Yeah, so I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. That's that's in you know in heaven the because you can read in the book of Revelation you can just find temple and ark you know mm-hmm. you will, because on earth as it is in heaven you know the original pattern uh, of the ark of the covenant was from the real one in heaven. It's true. You know it's not just an earthly thing. It's a it's a that was a pattern. And so to be in the throne room, mm-hmm. and he shall go no more out and come no more in. Is that here? And he shall go no more out, and yeah. I will write upon him the, my new name. I mean, that's a promise. You can be in the throne room. That's that's where the throne room is, is in the temple. That's true. You know, and that's that's the ultimate goal in heaven. Yeah. But that's for the overcomer. Let me just throw in a story here real quick. Uh, we had a, a handmaiden back in the 70s and 80s. Um, she, uh, her name was her name was Ethel Johnson from Conroe, Texas, and she had cancer and she overcame cancer, and then she got it again. And Sister Gwen went to visit her in the hospital, and she said, "Ethel, I see that if you go home now, you're only going to have half a crown. Wow! You need to get healed. You need you need to believe God to to." Restore your life so that you can finish the work that he has for you. Uh-huh. So when she finished, you know, when, when she, she got healed again. Wow. And then the cancer came back the third time. Wow. And this time she knew it was okay for her to go home to be with the Lord. And her last words, as the Lord came to get her, she said, I'm a pillar. Wow. I'm a pillar. Oh Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, you know, it's, it's so fortunate. The people we know that have had visits mm-hmm. to heaven and those that came back to tell what it was yeah. like. Well, but, she only just had a yeah. peek into heaven as she yeah. was on her way there to stay. Wow. But but she she said it with such amazement in her yeah. voice. I'm a pillar. I'm a pillar. So be an overcomer, beloved. Be a pillar. Let the Lord make you a pillar in his temple. Yeah. Hallelujah. So it's about persevering. It's about hanging on. Hold on. Hold fast. So, Philip, what happened to you when you had to persevere? Oh, my. That was, was we had a wreck about 11 years ago and affected my balance. I could get motion sickness very easily. And we're in India, and we're on a, and I could say I I barfed all the way to Calcutta. (laughs) You know, it it, it was terrible. The worst trip I have ever been on in my life. I've never been sick motion sick like that where you just throw up and there's nothing more anymore but then getting right from there into an airplane you know and then then three hours driving an hour through a through indian village of stop and go and the smells of diesel exhaust and the you know the jerking and all that then two hours of 
if you ever see uh, on um, the Weather Channel or different ones where it shows landslides mm-hmm. up in the Himalaya mountains, yeah. you'll get a picture of what the roads are like. Yeah, you know, it's hairpin turn after hairpin, hairpin. After they don't give up, and we had two hours of that. And the next day, I didn't go anywhere because it usually takes me two or three days to pull out of something like this. And then we, the next day, I thought, you know, I can't. I came on this trip to do things for God, you know, and and uh, I, and we had to go through the same situation two hours through Himalayas and and then through cities to get to where we're going. You preach, you have your lunch, then you have to leave immediately because it's not safe to be there. And then you go through the same thing to get home. I said, Lord, if you don't grace me on this trip, I'm never coming back to India. I mean, I I cannot. I cannot do this, <laughs> but I said I will. So I will just went in faith. You know, normally it would take me another day to to pull out of what I've been through. It takes my equilibrium that long to to kind of be normal again. And God really graced me. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw some some tricks and stuff for looking at distance while you're going around curves, and it really paid off. Yeah. And so I I thank God that I I did overcome. It would have been easier to sit home and just. Lick my wounds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is it that over that causes you to overcome but your faith? Yeah. It's your faith. Yeah, faith, faith without works is dead. <laughs> well, there you go. And you did it. You did it. So the last church of the, of the seven churches is the church of Laodicea. And the word Laodicea means justice of the people. Mm. But I, I kind of think it's the sort of justice that we're seeing shouted about in the streets uh, which isn't really necessarily the justice that's the justice of God. Mm-hmm. So they had to humble themselves to overcome their false good opinion of themselves. They were mm-hmm. lukewarm. They couldn't see the truth about themselves. They thought they were rich and increased with goods. But Jesus said that they were wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That's because they had no presence of God. Yeah. Oh, and one thing about the Church of Laodicea, uh-huh. there is no modern Laodicea. It never... There is there is an unexcavated hill that they say okay this is where the church this is where the city of Laodicea was but there is no modern city that's associated with that city. Wow. They didn't overcome. No. Wow. But here's what the Lord told them to do. They had to get their goods from the Lord. It it was a it was a city it was a commercial city. It wasn't so big politically but it was very big commercially Uh and and so the lord is challenging them to get gold refined in the fire and and you have to recognize beloved that going through the fire is purifying it is helpful it will help you to overcome when the lord burns off the stuff that doesn't belong there so gold refined in the fire you can have 10 10 karat gold and it still has a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's gold. Yeah. But let it re- be refined in the fire. It could be 18 karat gold. Uh-huh. And that's more value. Yeah. And then you can put it through the fire again. You can it's have 24, 24 karat, karat gold. gold. Wow. So every time you go through the fire, it purifies. It finds you a little more. It, and, it, and it makes you of more value. So don't be afraid of the fire. Let the fire do what it's supposed to do, and just say thank you, Father, for the fire, and thank him for making you more valuable. Yeah. So then uh, he also tells them to to get white clothes from, from him. 
So it's, it's like purity of motive in your deeds. The book of Revelation talks about the white linen is the righteousness of the saints. Henry Groover, I want to add this. It's a speaker that we know. He's internationally known. He's in heaven now. In heaven now. And he died in a car accident. And of course briefly. He, and briefly. And he came back. <laughs> and what he saw, though, that the record of righteous deeds was embroidered in the garments of the saints. You know, and all the people we know that go to heaven, nobody sees everything. That's right. And I've never heard this uh, mentioned by anybody else, but he just saw their deeds embroidered into their robes. Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. Isn't that tremendous? So, but, you what... know, it's, it's kind of like Levi jeans. You know, they mm -hmm. have embroidery all over. And the more embroidery on a pair of a pants or a shirt or something you buy, the more costly it is. True. And the cheaper it is, the less, the less it has on it. Mm -hmm. Very true. So then the Lord challenges them to buy ISAV from him to heal their blind eyes because they couldn't see the truth. They, all they could see was what it looked like around them. And they were wrong. So Jesus is telling them to, to get ISAV. And interestingly, in Laodicea, they, they had... That was their commerce. One that, of that was one of the things that they, uh -huh. they manufactured there was an ISAV. Wow. So he got them right, right where they needed to hear it. Yeah. It's true. But Ephesians 1.18 says, uh, and Paul was praying for the Ephesians, he said, the, the eyes of your understanding be in, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of, the inher of his inheritance in the saints. So the Beautiful. Lord wants us to have our eyes opened. Yes. He wants us to get, get over it, overcome, overcome. So this is also the place where he said, I stand at the door and knock. It's interesting in Laodicea, he says, I stand at the door and knock. And in, in the Church of Philadelphia, he says, you have an open door. Oh, my. I didn't, I didn't uh, put those two together yeah. before. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, the key of David is the key that opens the doors that no man can shut. Uh -huh. And shuts the doors and locks them that no man can open. It's our choice. But in the case of the Church of Laodicea, he's saying, I'm knocking on your door. You've got the key. Please mm -hmm. let me in. Yeah. How, how often does he come knocking on our door and, and we're too busy? Mm. I repent. Yeah. <laughs> I get too distracted. The wonderful thing about what he says to the Church of Laodicea, to him that overcomes, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, mm. even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He gives us the opportunity to join him at the throne, on the throne, oh, in the throne. Beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. But there's overcoming has to be done. We have to make choices. So let's look at uh, Revelation 21, 7, goes on to say, he that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. So sonship comes with overcoming. Mm -hmm. Inheriting the things that God has given for us comes with overcoming. Yeah. So let's just persevere. Let's just overcome. Let's just get the victory. Yes, amen. Romans twelve twenty one says, do not be overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm -hmm. So that's a thing that we can work at is to overcome evil in our own spheres. As, after we've dealt with the stuff in our own life, we can begin to intercede in the sphere of our own influence. So wherever you are, whatever your sphere of influence is, mm -hmm. you can overcome evil with good. Ask the Holy Spirit, what does that look like for me? Yeah. How can I 
overcome evil with good in my sphere of influence. Uh, it, it often starts with prayer. Reese Howells and the Bible School of Wales, they were intercessors and they prevailed in prayer. They, they just got down with prayer and fasting during yeah. World War II and they changed the course of World War II. Whatever they prayed in intercession through the Holy Ghost gave them to pray, they heard it on on the radio the next day or saw it in the in the um the newspaper headlines of what hitler did or didn't do in in the battles and one of the things that they prayed for because the the bombings were getting closer and closer to them in wales and one of the things that they prayed was that god would cause hitler to open a front with russia so hitler went out to attack russia and sent all of his soldiers out there in their summer uniforms, not mm. realizing that they wouldn't conquer Moscow until uh, they wouldn't even get to Moscow until winter. And yeah. they didn't do well at all. But yeah. it got them off of attacking England and the UK. So um, our prayers can overcome evil. And not, not that it was a good thing for Russia, you know, to have Hitler hit, go after them, but... The point is that, that we can make a difference yeah. in our prayers. First John chapter 4, can you look up in the Passion? First John 4, 1 through 4. Delightfully loved friends, don't trust every spirit, but carefully examine what they say to determine if they are of God, because many false prophets have mingled into the world. Here's the text for those with the genuine spirit of God. They will confess Jesus as the Christ who has come in the flesh. Everyone who does not acknowledge that Jesus is from God has the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is already active in the world. Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them. For the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. So we can overcome because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we can yes. identify and overcome evil spirits. We can deal with them because the overcomer lives inside of us. Yes, the amen. key here is that we have to be submitted to him. We have to be lower and he has to be higher. He has to be in the pilot seat, the driver's seat, uh-huh. and we have to be lower and work with him. So as we identify these spirits, we can overcome them through the power of he who lives inside of us. Now, the other major place that we think of when we think of overcoming is in Revelation 12. And I'm just going to read verses 7 through 11. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels went forth to battle with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they were defeated. And there was no room found for them in heaven any longer. And the huge dragon was cast down and out, that age-old serpent who is called the devil and Satan, he who is the seducer, deceiver of all humanity the world over. He was forced out and down to the earth, and his angels were flung out along with him. Then I heard a strong, loud voice in heaven saying, Now it has come. The salvation and the power and the kingdom, the dominion, the reign of our God, and the power, the sovereignty, the authority of his Christ, the Messiah. For the accuser of our brethren, he who keeps bringing before our God charges against them day and night, has been been cast cast out. out. And they, the brethren, have overcome 
conquered him by means of the blood of the lamb and by the utterance of their testimony, for they did not love and cling to life even when faced with death, holding their lives cheap till they had to die for their witnessing. That's the Amplified Classic. The, the regular Amplified says, and they overcame and conquered him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony, for they did not love their life and renounce their faith even when faced with death. Uh-huh. Overcoming by the blood. Yes. There, yes. there are so many scriptures about the blood. I wish we had time for all of them. But there's so much can be overcome by, by using the Holy Communion, by having Holy Communion. And mm-hmm. uh, we, have a, we have a couple of good podcasts about that, one with Shirley Smith, a couple of them with Shirley Smith. Uh, and, and we have another one where we had communion together. I'll, I'll, I'll put links to those in our show notes. Holy Communion is huge yes. in overcoming and, and getting victory over the serpent, over the accuser of the brethren. And we have to recognize that the accuser of the brethren is really the one we're battling all along. Yes, that's right. Wow. So when Jesus presented the Holy Communion, he said, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Now, that bothered me as though it's not shed for everybody. Because that's, that's what it sounded like to me. But I, when I looked into the Greek, it means abundant in quantity or quality. Enough. It's enough for the remission of sins. For everybody. Yeah. For everybody's everybody. sins. Multitudes and multitudes and multitudes and multitudes. Not just one, but everybody. Mm-hmm. And then Romans 3.25 says, Whom God sent forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Well, I was clueless what that meant all of my (laughs) life until I went to Spanish language school and learned that the word for, the word for mercy seat in Spanish is el propiciatorio. Hmm. So then I understood. So then I found that uh, the Weymouth translation says, it is whom God put forward as a mercy seat. Jesus came as a mercy seat. Mm Mm-hmm rendered efficacious through faith in his blood in order to demonstrate his righteousness because of the passing over in God's forbearance of the sins previously committed. In other words, it's a, it's a whole new Passover. Yeah. Just like the, the Passover lamb was slaughtered and the blood was put on the doors and the, and the destroyer couldn't come in mm. in, in, in the yeah. days of the Exodus. Yeah. Jesus is our mercy seat. Yes, hallelujah. He is our mercy seat. He is the sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation by his blood. And we receive it through faith. It's faith in his blood. It's trust yeah. in his blood. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, I, I love the, the story of Martin Luther that, uh, you know, he's, he was the great reformer from Germany and he composed A Mighty Fortress is Our God. There's, there's an illustration from Bible.org about uh, telling Martin Luther's story. And I'm just going to read that. I'm quoting it from that, uh, from that website. In a dream, Martin Luther found himself being attacked by Satan. The devil unrolled a long scroll containing a list of Luther's sins and held it before him. On reaching the end of the scroll, Luther asked the devil, Is that all? No, came the reply. And a second roll was thrust <laughs> in front of him. Hello. Then after a second came a third. But now the devil had no more. You've forgotten something, Luther exclaimed triumphantly. Quickly write on each of them, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sins. That's 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. We were very fortunate not too many years ago to be at the church where he, where he nailed the 95 Thesis to the door of the church. Yeah. The thing is this, that the word of our testimony of the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, see, it, it ruined all the devil's plans. He was still holding all of these sins, and the blood of Jesus Christ had already blotted them out. So it's the word of our testimony against sins yeah. and against the accusations of the devil. Which come every day. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And, and a lot of times they come in our own heads. <laughs> and sometimes they come from outside. Somebody else, somebody's accusing us. But we have the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, amen. And we have the, the grace of the overcomer living inside of us to be able to overcome even when somebody is speaking lies about us. Yeah. Great is our reward in heaven. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake, Jesus said. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. That's in the Beatitudes. Uh-huh. So the word of your testimony, your words are creative. You were made in the image of God. And he created everything by his words. So our words are also creative. And we have to get into sync with his word in order for our words to make a difference in making heaven on earth, hmm. making things on earth as they are in heaven. Psalm 103 verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. The angels are standing by listening, waiting to hear us give voice to his word. When we speak his word, mm -hmm. when we speak it out, when we declare it, when we prophesy it, when we pray it, yeah. when, even when we write it, yeah. these, these are things that cause us to overcome. And, and the angels are standing by to help us to overcome. Man, hallelujah. So then loving not your life unto the death. That's the third part. We overcome by the blood of the lamb by the word of our testimony, and not loving our lives unto the death. I'm reminded of an incident when we were with a group in Ushuaia, Argentina. The end of the world. It's the very southernmost city of the world. It's about 620 miles from that part of Antarctica that sticks up like a finger. And, and how, how do they say it in Spanish? Oh, el fin del mundo. Yeah, it's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it never gets above the 50s there, but because of all the water around it, it doesn't really get, it's salt water, it rarely goes very, very cold, but it's it stays with this continuous chill. It doesn't get very warm. And when we were there, I'm guessing it was October of, or November, and of course they have opposite seasons from us. So it was... Uh, it was October, so it would be coming into spring for them. Yeah. And it snowed <laughs> while we were there. And while we were there, there was a baptism during, in the church that we were in. At, or not in the church. It was of the church. They didn't have a baptismal font, you know, with nice warm water. They went <laughs> out into Beagle Channel. Now, Beagle Channel is this um, waterway that goes from that cold South Atlantic <laughs> Uh, in into in in between like in between islands, and the temperature in October November 
is somewhere between five and seven Celsius. Wow. Uh, which is 42 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty cold. That's really wow. cold. And I, I looked it up. You can get hypothermia from being in water that's 60 degrees. Wow. You can, if you're in water that's 70 degrees for very long, for very long, ex- an extended period of time, um, you can get hypothermia. Hypothermia is when your body temperature drops too low to keep going. Mm-hmm. And at that temperature that's in the Beagle Channel, you can have exhaustion or unconsciousness in 30 to 60 minutes. That's cold. It's very cold. Very cold water. And it, the place where we went for the baptism was quite shallow. So they had to walk out quite a distance. And the, the pastor had been sick recently, so he stayed on the shore. And one of the elders went out in waders <laughs> to yeah. baptize the people because, uh-huh. you know, he was going to be out there for more than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Very, very cold. So the pastor with each person says, what is your name? And they shout their name back, you know, Juan. And and uh, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? See, si. And they, there was quite a distance. They really had to shout. And, you know, he asked him two or three questions. And then the last question was, do you promise to serve the Lord Jesus Christ unto the death? Wow. And when they said, see, that's when they were doused underneath the waters of the Beagle Channel. Oh, my. <laughs> very, very, very cold water. Whew. So it gave me a whole new understanding about loving not your life unto the death. Yeah. And, that, and you make a promise. We need, to, we need to deal with our mortality, that we're going to put Jesus first, that we're not going to love our lives unto the death, yes, that yeah. we are going to not cling to life because we're already dead and our life is hid with Christ and God. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, I live, live, yet not yes. I, but Christ lives in me. Yes, and the amen. life that I, I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me mm. and gave yeah. himself for me. Someone who loves us that much to give himself for us. He is worth it all. Yes. So you see, this one, Jesus, he is the overcomer. And he lives inside of you if you've made him Lord of your life. And he bore all these things for you to help you to be the overcomer that you were designed to be. Amen. Hallelujah. So before you lay your head on your pillow tonight, take some time with Jesus. Take some time to let him look into your heart. Open your heart to him. Open your life to him. Open your ways to him. Give him, give him a place. Give him a place to be overcomer in your life. Let him work those things out and work his grace in so that you can be that overcomer, so that you can overcome evil with good, so that you will make a difference in the world, that you can conquer the world because the overcomer lives inside of you. You can overcome. Amen. Hallelujah. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org 
To find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. Thank you.